Welcome to Mysteries to Die For. I am T.G. Wolf, and I'm here with Jack, my piano player and producer. This is a podcast where we combine storytelling with original music to put you at the heart of a mystery. Some episodes are original stories. Others will be classics that help shape the mystery genre we know today. All are structured to challenge you to beat the detective to the solution. These are arrangements, which means instead of word-for-word readings, you get a performance that's meant to be heard. Jack and I perform these live, front to back, no breaks, no fakes, no retakes. Support our show by subscribing, telling a mystery lover about us, and giving us a five-star review. And mystery readers, check out our print and ebooks. This is season five, Move It or Lose It. This season contains original stories paying homage to the vehicles that propel mysteries forward. A train was the setting for Agatha Christie's famed Murder on the Orient Express. A riverboat then took center stage on Death on the Nile. Cars have been prominently featured in American crime stories with the glory of the getaway vehicle. Then there are the heists, from carriages to trains to armored trucks. For episode 13, the last in season five, Kitty Train is the featured vehicle. You know, like the ones you can ride at the zoo. This is Detective Connolly Gets Wet and Wild West by Jack Wolf. Howdy. Alright. Um, alright. This is, this is gonna be fun. Alright. Um, so this is Detective Connolly. I don't know what I'm talking. Alright. So chapter one. Totally tubular takes a horrific turn. <clears throat> it was a lovely summer evening when... <laughs> Slow <laughs> down. No, it's gonna be great. Slow <laughs> It was a lovely summer evening when tragedy struck. I can't say that I have ever witnessed such anarchy and lawless behavior. The famed Wet and Wild Water Park was a place for fun in the sun, drunk moms, sunburned dads, and overpriced corn dogs. But on July 21st, 1999, it was a place for nothing more than a nasty murder. Some called me a hero for solving that case, others a public nuisance. No one knows the real story except for me and my totally real son, Eduardo. I took Eduardo to the water park that day so he could see what magnificent technological advances we as a society had made within the last 40 years of the world of water parks. He was bedazzled to see the rainbows reflected on the concrete through the mist released from various valves and spigots. The look in his eye was enough to make a grown man cry until it took a nasty turn. We were at the top of the totally tubular slide when a shrill scream pierced the sky. The shrill voice, uh, that wasn't English. We were at the top of the totally tubular slide when a shrill scream pierced the sky. The voice broke through the wall of kids and adults having just an all-around great time. It took me a moment to realize it was me who screamed, as I was about to witness a murder. Whilst dreaming about, you know, how many hot dogs I was going to eat that day, I looked to my left and saw a man tied to the tracks of the Western Kitty train ride, and the train was approaching fast. As I realized the horror of what was to come, I did what any man in peril would do. I sounded my internal alarm and screamed as loud as a grown-ass man could. I slid down the water slide as fast as possible, determined to make it over to the doomed man on the tracks. But halfway down, I got scared and gripped really hard to the side of the slide. Uh, I stopped my descent and slowly inched my way towards the bottom. Once I crawled out, though, I fell into the pool and got water up my nose, which was totally uncool. I doggy paddled to the stairs and ran as fast as I could to the train, ignoring the whistles of angry teenagers yelling, WALK! <laughs> when I arrived at the scene of the crime, there was nothing more than carnage. The kitty train had derailed when it hit the man and ran into the Black Boot Bob's billboard advertising his famous foot-long hot dogs. Mm, I was hungry again. <laughs> 
<laughs> Black Boot Bob was the wet and wild. <laughs> Black. <clears throat> Black Boot Bob was the wet and wild West water park's biggest mascot, and his trials and tribulations against his sworn enemy, Jailhouse Jerry Can, were some of the greatest confrontations of the Western era. When I came out of my hot dog haze, I realized that one. <clears throat> I gotta take a minute. <laughs> I realized that one of the trade's wheels had completely shattered when it hit the man. It probably had been needing a replacement, and the extra strain of killing some dude was not what that wheel needed today. I backed up as I gasped to see the billboard had fallen onto the train, and a few <coughs> and a few loose wires from the now faulty billboard lighting system made the train sparky and put all the kids to sleep. They must have been so scared that they just wore themselves out. But the true carnage and worst part of it all was the tragic death of Black Boot Bob. He must have been playing cowboys because he was the one tied to the tracks. Whoever was playing the evil cowboy must have forgotten about Black Boot Bob and left him there. Then an awful thought struck my mind. The evil cowboy hadn't forgotten Bob. He tied him there and left him to die. This was all the evidence I needed to begin my investigation. As fellow adults arrived on the scene, one man tried to tackle me. He must have thought I was the killer. I was aghast at the notion of being accused. Luckily, I was still slick from the water slide, and the man wasn't able to get a good grip on me. I ran into the trees, my speedo and sport mode crocs making me extra fast. Running into the wooded area, I had escaped for now. This is going to be much harder to read than I thought it was going to be. All right. Chapter 2, Looking for Clues, Speedo Style. <laughs> to begin my investigation on who killed the famed Black Boot Bob, I began at Bob's home base, Black Boot's Burgeria. If he had any enemies, <clears throat> if he had any enemies, they would keep all information about them here. I was still on high alert in the chase, though, and <clears throat> hi. I was still on high alert from the chase, though, and decided to try and blend in by ordering myself one of Black Boot's famous footlong hot dogs. Then I sat down, my pounding heart slowly beating by. I'm going to slow down. All right. <laughs> I was still on high alert from the chase, though, and decided to try and blend in by ordering myself one of Black Boots Bob's famous footlong hot dogs. Then I sat down, my pounding heartbeat slowing to its normal thumping level. A visual survey of the facility would tell me what my next step was. Black Boot Bob's secret information had to have been in the most restricted area as to keep it safe from his rivals. I spotted a door labeled employees only, but there was a fiendish outlaw standing guard, taking pictures with unsuspecting children who were likely unaware that most western outlaws were murderers and rapists. I knew where my mission would take me. To gain access to the secret back rooms, a distraction was needed. Luckily, I knew just what most outlaws wanted. Money. I ducked underneath my wooden table, which is a weird choice of table material for a place of people who are all mostly naked, and pulled my lucky penny out of my special speedo pocket and tossed it to the left of the outlaw. He didn't notice it. Damn. Well, the next logical step. Well, the next logical step was to try again. <laughs> Not helping all the laughing. Well, the next logical step was to try again, so I pulled my lucky nickel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. <laughs> 
So I pulled my lucky nickel from my squeal pocket and decided to chuck it right at his boot. It bounced off and rolled away, the outlaw still ignorant of my diversion attempt. This left me with only one choice. While hiding under my table, I screamed, Fire! Oh my god, a fire! We're all gonna die. <laughs> Everyone knows an outlaw's weakness is fire. <laughs> he was flustered with the dauntless message. Uh, he was... He was... <clears throat> Let me try that again. He was flustered when the dauntless message reached his ears and children started running for their lives. A perfect distraction. When the outlaw left his post to retrieve a fiery signature, I leapt from my hiding nook and lunged in the employee-only zone. I was in. Only the back of Black Boots Bob's burgeria was not as I expected. There was a young boy washing dishes who seemed startled to see me, as I'm sure a six-foot, 150-pound, <laughs> completely shaven man in a speedo and a swim cap wasn't exactly what he was expecting to witness. I acted fast, asking you, boy, which way to Blackboot Bob's headquarters? The boy looked nervous, as if he was never properly trained on how to handle this type of situation. Um, you're not allowed back here, sir. Please go back up front with the other customers. Ha! I was no customer, but my Blackboot Bob's famous footlong hot dog company blended in so well, he couldn't even tell I was a detective. I spoke again more sternly this time. I require all information on Blackboot Bob, and if you don't provide me with such information, things could get ugly. A great man is dead, and your cooperation is the only way we can find his killer. The boy looked defeated. The office is in the back. He answered, with disrespectful disdain, take a right around the hallway and it's the last door on the left. Please go away. With this information in hand, I took eight long strides to reach my destination and the hunt for evidence began. On the desk was a book, one that looked to have information on every outlaw, in-law, and cowboy in the park, as well as their schedules. I found that Black Boot Bob was to work in Western Critty Train Ride alongside a Mr. Tyler Tekshov at the time of the mail mail. He was my next target. The schedule stated that Tyler should now be at Jailhouse Jerry Can's Old Saloon. Looking around the room, I also spotted a post-it note stuck to the floor beneath the desk. The words free man were scribbled on it with the following information jotted down below them. 2.45 behind Crow's Nest Nelly's Imports. It was 2.30. Tyler Taxhoff would have to wait, for this free man was a much more pressing matter. I had no idea what those words meant. Maybe there was a free person just available to whoever wanted him. Or maybe this is a jailbreak to spring one of the many outlaws here out of prison. There was no time to ponder, so I left the office and exited through the back door. Next stop. Crow's Nest Nelly's Imports. When I arrived at Crow's Nest Nelly's Imports, I was out of breath. There had been a lot of sprinting then that day. Yep, there had been a lot of sprinting that day. My waterproof Walmart watch read 2.40, so I was just in time. I began to make my way around the back of the fancy import store, which sold fine goods, guns, swords, and other products from the Western era. Though most of them were made in China for some reason. As I made my way around back, I was caught off guard to see Crow's Nest Nelly herself walk right in front of me, seemingly sneaking away from her position to come around back of the store. I ducked behind a dumpster, staying out of sight. Her large felt face seemed soulless as she turned back, trying to get a glimpse at anyone trailing her. I prayed she didn't see me and remained hidden until I heard her large boots turn around and keep walking. I maintained my distance and followed her, curious if she had any connection with this free man encounter which was to happen, until a stubby balding man wearing khakis and a white button-down and a tie emerged from the other direction. Nellie walked right up to the man and removed her fake head. It was like watching a horror movie, as Nellie turned out to be a 40-year-old man with scabs running up and down his face. He pulled a bag of what looked to be fish rocks out of his satchel and handed it to the balding man, who handed Nellie a wad of cash. I was taken aback, as my childhood in the 80s told me exactly what those fish rocks were. 
crack. And if Mr. T taught me anything, it was how to get kids to stop doing drugs. I once again started sprinting. The balding man saw me and yelled, Freeman, run! This must have been Relly's Nelly's real name. Freeman slash Nelly bolted out of the balding... <coughs> Freeman slash Nelly bolted, but the balding man was not so physically gifted. I tackled him and brought his face to the cold, hard concrete. As he struggled, I flipped him over and started shaking him violently and screaming, Don't do drugs! Don't, or else! <laughs> then I got up and calmly said, Okay? I looked up and saw that Freeman slash Nelly had been taken down by a patrolling cop who must have been here to solve Black Boot Bob's murder as well. The officer was heading our way, so I turned around and ran to my next stop, Jailhouse Jerry Can's Old Saloon. On my way to the saloon, I passed Black Boot Bob's murder scene once again, where a large area had been sectioned off with police tape. It occurred to me that if Tyler was in the crash, he probably would still be in the scene, so I stuck around to investigate a little bit more. The yellow tape was meant to keep citizens out of the scene, but I was a detective, so I was allowed simply to step under and continue on my way. Or at least I should have been allowed. A short yet strong officer put his hand on my hairless torso and stopped me. Sir, this is a crime scene and the park is going to be shutting down for the day. Please leave the restricted area and go home. I was offended but kept my cool. No problem, officer. I'm Detective England Connolly and I actually work for this fine police department. He didn't seem to buy it. Can I see some ID then? He asked. I shrugged. Well, I left my, you know, stuff in my locker by the pool and forgot what number I put it in, so I no longer have anything and will be walking home tonight. Now, please, let me pass. The answer also didn't cut it. Red-faced, he said, sir, get out of this area and go home. I wouldn't give up that easily, but I knew better than to try and run past him, so I retreated to the other side of the yellow tape and rethought my approach. I needed to find this train conductor named Tyler. I wandered the park besides the taped-off area and was able to blend in with a bunch of crying moms and dads. One woman yelled, Brandon, why did you leave me so soon? I decided to follow suit. Putting my hands to my face, I scoffed, Explain yourself, Brandon. This is a betrayal of the highest order. My disguise held up as none of the parents noticed my ruse. I waddled through them and found a teenager talking to a police officer and a medic on the back of an ambulance. He wore a conductor's hat and had a wooden whistle on his belt. He also had a few scabs on his face, but not nearly as many as Freeman did. He seemed to have glass stuck in his leg, as that's what the paramedics were pulling out of him. But weirdly enough, his pants didn't seem to ripped at all. This must have been Tyler. I waited for the officer and medics to leave, and then approached the boy with a demeanor that would tell him I was for realsies. Tyler, I presume? I am Detective Connolly, and would like to ask you about today's events. Tyler responded like many modern teenagers do. Where are your clothes, dude? I was outraged. Please do not treat me with such little respect, you mongrel, and explain to me how Black Boot Bob ended up on your strange path. He sighed. I don't know. I didn't see him, man. I was thinking about how to score, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you know, how to afford next month's rent and all that jazz. The train hit a huge bump and I fell through the window. I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. Uh, when the train hit the billboard, I watched in horror as all the kids just got fried. <laughs> Black Boot Bob? <sighs> Black Boot <laughs> Guys, stop laughing. Black Boot was like a dad to me and only wanted me to be happy and healthy, but I hit him with the train. <laughs> so that's why I smelled like chicken fingers over here. Fried children. One mystery was solved, but I had more investigating to do. <sighs> How do you not see a man tied to the tracks, I asked. Wasn't he yelling for his dear life? Tyler shrugged and said, I was kind of off in my own world, man. And who are you to judge me? You got a boner when I said fried kids. Please go away. 
I was offended once more. It's not from the kids, I declared. I was thinking about chicken fingers. I had spoken too loudly, and the angry officer spotted me again. He stormed over, and was about to lay hands on me when my quick thinking told me to jump above the to jump into the adjacent pool. I heard him yelling above the water, and a weird part of my buttocks fluttered in excitement. I swam to the other side and once more escaped into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta get the laughing out now. <laughs> All right. Chapter three, what's in the can? I'd been working on this case for around two whole hours and was ready to give up when the woods brought me a delightful treat. At the base of a huge oak sat the evil mastermind himself, Jailhouse Jerry Can. Wet and out of breath, I made my approach carefully. Jerry Can? I asked. Jerry jumped the second he heard me and hopped three feet away. What do you want, man? This hasn't been a great day. I softened my voice. Hey, it's okay, man. Don't worry. Jerry Can was his normal black and white prison uniform and was covered in dirt, likely from sitting here in the woods. He clutched his gasoline canister to his chest as if protecting it with his life. The felt face was lying beside him, and a tiny man inside of Jerry Can was skinny and also covered in scabs. It's okay, Jerry Can. I'm Detective Connolly, and I'm here to help you. Don't worry. This did not appear to make Jerry feel any better. You're a cop, he yelled. Get away from me, man. I didn't do shit. Shh, Jerry can. I believe you, man. After all, everyone knows it's not the obvious suspect, and you're Black Boot Bob's arch nemesis. Everyone should suspect you, so no one suspects you. Jerry was flustered and didn't know what to say. So they're not looking for me? No, not at all. I didn't hear one cop mention your name. No one thinks you killed Black Boot Bob. Jerry must have seen some sort of opportunity because the second I said that, he declared, I cannot go back to jail, and began jogging towards the clearing I had just come from. The cops must have seen him because a dozen of them flocked over into him and tackled the guy to the ground. The angry cop from earlier spotted me and ran after me again. I was all done running for the day, and my lungs couldn't carry me. I fell to my knees, put my hands up, but angry officer tackled me anyway. This was the end, or so I thought. Jerry Can and I were brought over to the crime scene where a few other people I recognized were sitting. Crows Nesnelli, or Freeman, and the guy he gave crack to were sitting in police cars, and Tyler from the train was sitting nervously in the back of the ambulance, looking from Nelly to Jerry Can. Angry officer pushed me down and demanded that I tell him what I was doing. As I told you earlier, good sir, I'm a detective, and I'm here to figure out who killed Blackboot Bob. Your actions have heavily impeded my investigation, and I will ask you to please take your grubby little hands off of me. He didn't seem impressed. Instead, he stormed over to Jerry Can, who was still holding his canister with a death grip. And you, what's in that? Jerry Can looked panicked. Uh, this is my own private property. You can't look in here. Angry officer didn't seem to care. He tried to pry the way out of... He Angry officer didn't seem to care, and he tried to pry the canister out of Jerry Can's hands. Two other officers walked over and held Jerry Can down, and soon the gas canister was freed from his gorilla grip. Angry officer unscrewed the top of the canister and looked inside. His eyes widened and called one of the other cops to bring him the largest evidence bag they had. He then poured several pounds of crack out of the canister and into the bag. I took this opportunity to watch everyone's reactions, which was all over the spectrum. Freeman and the balding man were watching through the window, and neither seemed surprised, unlike Tyler, who looked quite nervous. Jerry Can came close to crying. It seems we have ourselves a drug ring, said angry officer. Half the people he here... <coughs> Excuse me. Half the people here... Okay, let me try that again. Half the people employed here are on crack. Suddenly, Tyler's situation made much more sense. Officer, I said, may I speak with you in private? 
Time for the deliberation, guys. It's been a roller coaster. Actually, it's been a water slide. But either way, here we are. Detective Connolly has certainly led us on a wild ride so far. Let's review our list of suspects then, shall we? First off, we have Crow's Nest Nelly, a.k.a. Freeman. We have the balding man who brought crack from Freeman. We have Tyler Takshove, the train engineer who didn't see the victim tied to the tracks. And we have Jailhouse Jerry Can, Black Boot Bob's arch nemesis. All right, I, oh, I, sorry. Go ahead. I want to say that um, we have uh, Kira Jacobs in the living room with us today. So Kira did some editing for Jack. So thanks, Kira, for being here. Oh, it is definitely my pleasure. And I hope you all are crying, laughing as hard as the rest of us are. <laughs> this has been pretty great. This okay. is much harder to read than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, you are going very fast. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so I don't think it's Tyler because I don't know how he would have tied boot, boot like Bob, <laughs> black boot Bob, black boot Bob to the tracks and then gotten back in the train to run him over. So I'm I'm eliminating him. Do you want to hear the clues first, or do you want to you want to guess? Okay, go ahead and give me the clues. All right, we got our clues. We got our clues. Black boot Bob was seen tied to the tracks the evening of July 21st, 1999. Before Detective Connolly could get there to save him, no thanks to that super scary totally tubular water slide, tragedy struck. The train derailed upon impact, causing a large billboard to fall onto the sign, which in turn caused the untimely demise of all the passengers aboard, and also gave Detective Connolly a boner. The train, <laughs> the driver of the train, Tyler Trachev, admitted he hadn't been wearing his seatbelt and was ejected from the train when it hit Black Boot Bob. His injuries included glass stuck in his leg, but his pants didn't appear to be ripped. Tyler also didn't see Black Boot Bob on the tracks because he was off in his own world. Crow's Nest Nelly, a.k.a. Freeman, was observed selling crack to the balding man. Jailhouse Jerry Can had been carrying around a gasoline canister prop, also filled with crack. And lastly, and possibly most importantly, there are apparently special pockets inside of Speedos large <laughs> enough to carry not only a penny, but also a nickel. <laughs> there are so many. I can't believe some of the things you came up with. <laughs> this is pretty Okay, great. so all the things with the crack, like... But I don't know how it connected to, I'm going to screw it up again, Black Boot Bob. Yeah, was it? Black Boot Bob. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Tyler. Tyler. His He had glass in his legs, but his pants were not cut by Correct. glass. Correct. Huh. So upon rereading this, it occurred to me I might not have given enough clues, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. So make your guesses. Huh. I think it was Eduardo. <laughs> Eduardo? I forgot Eduardo was there. <laughs> what happened to him? Did, don't worry, did you don't just worry. abandon your kid? You'll your, see. Your totally real kid, Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. You get a conclusion for Eduardo. I, well, I'll give you that much at least. I'm still not going to go with Tyler because mm -hmm. I still don't see how he could have tied him to the tracks. And then gotten back in the train. Exactly. So I'm not going with Tyler. Okay. Um, I'm not going with... The other The other people are the bald man. Uh, Ty or not Tyler. Uh, Crows Nest Nelly and yeah. Jailhouse Jerry Can. And then there's another... Oh, those... Those are the four. We have Crows Nest Nelly, Tyler Takshov, the balding man who bought crack from Freeman... And Jailhouse Jerry Can. Those are the four who are at the uh, crime scene right now. And Detective Connolly. 
and Detective Connors, like he could have done it. Let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, I'm going to go with Jerry Can. You're going to go with Jerry Can? Why is that? He just seems shifty. Like, the other two seem like they're busy with their own stuff. What's shifty about having a prop canister full of crack? <laughs> that seems pretty everyday to me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Karen, unfortunately, cannot give her answer because she edited this so she knows. Um, but <laughs> let's get into it. All righty. So, yeah, chapter four, Unraveling the Wild West. Angry officer looked at me in a pissed way. I, that's not the right voice. <clears throat> Hold on. I, I read it differently every time. Angry officer looked at me. That's the same voice. Whatever. Angry officer looked at me in a pissed way that said, ask me again, and I totally won't be annoyed. So thanks to my amazing body language reading skills, I asked again in case he just needed to be told twice. Oh, officer, a word monsieur. He stormed over and grabbed my arm, dragging me 20 feet away from the scene, my hairless calves burning on the concrete. Oh, great heavens, that hurts like the dickens, I cried. I'll report you to the chief, good sir. The officer leaned down. What do you want? I'll bet you are wondering the same thing I did when I asked Tyler why he didn't notice Bob on the tracks. Go ask the medics to administer a drug test and you will find your smoking gun, baby. He was not amused. And instead, he yelled at his fellow officers without breaking eye contact with me. Dawson! get that boy a drug test. Tyler's eyes widened with panic the same way Jerry Cans did. He got up to run, but wasn't fast enough. Oh no. Officer Dawson grabbed him and pushed him to the ground. I, my voice is not consistent. <laughs> Officer, <laughs> Officer Dawson grabbed him and pushed him to the ground, slapping cuffs on him so he wouldn't go running off again. That, my good sir, I said, is why Tyler didn't notice Bob. We all thought the glass in Tyler's leg was from the window he fell through, but his pants weren't ripped. So the glass came through from within. What was that word? So the glass came from within his clothes. I'm sure if you search around the area, you will find crack and a crack pipe, which he most likely tried to dispose of. The pipe must have broken in his pocket when he flew out of the train and stabbed him in the leg. Tyler yelled from his position under Dawson. None of this would have happened if Black Boot Bob would have just left well enough alone. I don't think he said it like that. Let's try it again. None of this would have happened if Black Boot Bob would have. Wow. Okay, he's not 40. None of this would have happened if Black Boot, <laughs> if Black Boot, I cannot. <laughs> it wouldn't have happened if he was not Black Boot. Okay, angry officer strode over to Tyler. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. I couldn't understand him. Tyler gulped hard. Uh, Black Boot Bob always saw himself as a father figure. He took the whole being a good guy thing. This, okay, my voices just are not right. <clears throat> Black Boot Bob always saw himself as a father figure. He took the whole being a good guy thing past just his character. He didn't like saying that I was using again and said he'd report me if I kept it up, but I couldn't stop. He said he was going to make me stop no matter what, but I swear I didn't kill him. I spoke up and asked in a knowingly manner that would show everyone that I was smarter than them. And how exactly would one do that? Tyler looked from me to Angry Officer. He wasn't going to say anything, but Angry Officer already knew the answer. He was going to cut you off at the source by reporting your dealer instead. Did your dealer know? Tyler tipped his head towards Nelly in the police car. I don't know. Ask him yourself. He didn't say it like that. I don't know. Ask him yourself. Darn, teenager voices are so hard, and I'm 19. <laughs> Angry officer opened Nelly's door and yanked him out, dragging him over to sit on the ground just a few feet away from me. Without a moment's hesitation, he began the questioning. Did you know Black Boot Bob was going to rat you out? Again, an officer did not say it like that. <clears throat> did you know Black Boot Bob was going to rat you out? 
Nelly stuttered. What? No, no, no. I didn't know he was going to do anything. I didn't touch him. I didn't do it. It was my partner's idea. I didn't agree to it. I chuckled. Your story changed with every sentence that left your mouth, dude. Angry officer glared at me, but went back to Nelly. Who's your partner? <clears throat> Who's your partner? Nelly shut his trap, which is about all... Wow. Okay. So English isn't my strong suit this evening. <laughs> all right. Angry officer glared at me. Yeah, angry officer glared at me, but went back to Nelly. Who's your partner? Nelly shut his trap, which is what all of them should have been doing from the start. I chimed in, hey buddy, who's the only other guy here with enough crack on him to be dealing? Striding back over to Jerry Can, he spat out the words that made Jerry Can nearly vibrate with fear. Vibrate, vibrate with fear. You killed him? Wide-eyed, Jerry Can snapped, I can't go back to jail, man. I got enemies there who don't want me gone. Wait, no, I got enemies there who want me gone. I'm not safe. <laughs> Black Blue Bob was going to hand me a one-way ticket back, and I wasn't going to take it. Nelly shouted, you idiot! There are tons of people here hooked on my shit, hooked on this crack, you know, doing crack and stuff. My partner could have been anyone. All you had to do was stop talking. Angry officer picked up Jerry Ken, who was now sobbing, and started reading him his marinara rights. There was another case sawed by the amazing Detective Connolly. Well, until you guys arrested me, too, for obstruction of justice. But I was doing my job, and he took me away from my totally real son, Eduardo. After all, who goes to a water park alone? <laughs> and that's the story. I, I messed up that last part a few thousand times, but it's fine. So it turns out it's harder to switch voices when you're really in the zone. Anyway. That's why I gave it up. Anybody who <laughs> listened to our first season knows, yeah, I can't do it either. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was amazing. That was so much fun dude it occurred to me that maybe i should have like said something i don't know um the crack pipe i thought i gave enough clues i think about the crack pipe you know maybe possibly who knows i don't know what's your what's your complaints hmm? i don't i don't have any complaints ex i guess well i laid out why i thought tyler couldn't do it i didn't pick up on the glass having been on him but i was more that he was driving it and with um, Conley seeing him from the top of the water slide and Tyler driving it, that he couldn't physically have been the one who tied him to the track. Exactly. So that left the other three. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see any connection or motivation for the other three at that point. Mm -hmm. So then it was honestly just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, I think I should have added stuff about Black Boot actually being a good person. Because you don't see anything of Black Boot's character, you know anything about him until after that. So, you know, reading this again, I realized uh, how I could have done this better. Which is why in Season 8, we're going to do this one again. I'm going to read this exact story all over again. <laughs> but I'm just going <laughs> to just gonna be revisited. So it's going to be Detective Connolly Gets Wet and Wild Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. And it's just the <laughs> same thing. Yeah, you went some places that was pretty shocking. Pretty, <laughs> pretty shocking. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fried kids. Fried kids. You know, it made some feel funny things. That's all I can say. You it wasn't the fried kids. It was the, the chicken. chicken fingers. Come like, on. that was any better. <laughs> how, is it, how is it worse? That was hysterical. I, I, seriously, I think my favorite part in editing, I'm reading through this going, oh, my God, like, tears down my face laughing so hard my stomach hurt but the scene where he's in the burgeria <laughs> and he's trying to get the outlaw's attention and he's like so from my secret pocket i throw a penny and he doesn't see it <sighs> so now i gotta try again with my other pocket
noggin and the nickel, and I'm just going, how many pockets are in a speedo? Like, Oh my god, that was one of my favorite. That was, that was definitely an awesome scene. I could just the way you did the voice, then, dude, you can't be back here. <laughs> no, I can be back here. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Please go away. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I was a disher at Bob Evans, so I just imagined how it would be if a hundred pound, hundred fifty pound, six foot dude in a speedo just walked back there. Ashamed. Uh, shit, he was completely uh, hairless. And, yeah, and a, a swim cap. Like swim cap. Uh, uh, the the sport Crocs were what got me. So. I like that he was gonna wear the sport Crocs down the slide. Like it just occurred to me now that oh, he yeah. never changed. So he was wearing all of that. He also had his lucky nickel and penny and while was, going down the water slide. I love the beginning when he's like, I flew down a slide, and then, and then, whoa, and then I, I, I held, the, I gripped the edge, and then I inched away down, and then I went in the water, and it went up my nose, and I, you just described it just very eloquently. Oh, I thank <laughs> Good you. Good job, Jack. Uh, that was, a, that was really fun writing, I'll be honest. I, I kept reading some of it out to my roommate, and they wanted me to stop talking <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. They're just like, dude, stop. I Stop right now. Because they were laughing great. so hard? No. <laughs> they, they were not. They were not happy that I was trying to tell them jokes while they were doing their exam. No. But it was worth it. So will Detective Connolly be back in season six? Oh, yes. Things that this go is, jack this in is the my, night? my Detective England Connolly. I also completely forgot halfway through that I made his name England. <laughs> Um, I don't know why, but his name is now England Connolly. I noticed. So, so does this have does this have any reference back to the Rowan Anderson? I'm saying his name wrong. Oh, Mr. Rowan Atkinson. Mr. Bean. Yes. Is yeah. Because he's he's England in. I. Oh, he's Johnny English. Yeah. Johnny English. I'm ninety percent sure I based it off of that guy on accident. Like no, I was just it's, every time it's I imagined an awesome it. tribute because I was picturing that <laughs> during this scene. I was not. I was picturing something much different. <laughs> I was I was picturing his kind of uh, attitude, but definitely not his uh, frame. Because I don't no. think I want to see Rowan Atkinson completely hairless in a speedo, yeah. which I'm sure that image has to exist somewhere. But well, he's he's got swim scenes. With he him, he does. Uh, so and he's uh, I'm a huge Mr. Bean fan. So. <laughs> when you were doing some of the voices, I was hearing Adam Sandler <laughs> at the beginning. Yes, very much so. We'll see keep keep working on the voices. We 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 did enjoy them very much. Oh, good good thank you. I <laughs> I swear every time I read it I read his voice completely differently, <laughs> and then I'd come back in after a break and it's different again. I'm like crap. How did I have it? And then I say two sentences and I remember it. But the first two sentences are just like weird bully thing. I don't know. Every sentence he just sounds differently, and that's how I imagine him in my head. You know he's not from a specific place. He has every accent. Yep. <laughs> Well, so this is the last episode of season five, but, but, but we are not going to take a break before we go into season six. So next week we'll have a toe tag or a break in two weeks from now, season six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are, because of the 4th of July holiday, season six is going to start on July 14th. So I think that is actually three weeks from today. Three weeks. Um, It's called Things That Go Jack in the Night Mm -hmm. from 
small six-pointed metal objects used in a child's game, to the animals, vegetables, fruits, tools, weapons, and slang. The word Jack is used in the English language in truly unique and inventive ways. And yes, it is my co-creator and son's name. <laughs> I know, what a coincidence, right? Makes we should do things like go Victor in the <laughs> For season six, the mysteries each incorporate the word Jack. So, so far, we have Jackass, Jack in the Box, Jacking Off, Jackalope, Jack of All Trades, Pepper Jack Cheese. We have yet to know what Detective Conley is going to do. Oh, Detective Conley uh, already has one. It's going to be an audio Jack. An audio Jack. Yes. (laughs) So, like, when I... I don't know how to explain it. It's like uh, when you want to plug something into an amp, that's a jack. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's going to be. I can't wait to see what he does with that. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We already know what he does with fried chicken. We're gonna <laughs> exactly. See. <laughs> We're so, going to see how this goes. <laughs> I, I've read uh, four of them already. So Kira's, mine, um, Ed Tejas coming back. K.M. Rockwood's coming back, and these are some of the most inventive stories that we have had so far. Uh, the take on a jack-in-the-box is amazing. The take on jack-of-all-trades is mind-blowing, so these are really a set of mysteries to die for. Uh, so please come on back and join us. You guys are going to have a great time trying to beat all these detectives to the uh, to the solution. So. With that, Jack, the floor is yours to take us out. All right, and now we go to future Jack, who is recording all of the music in post, unfortunately. Not unfortunately, but um, just so you know, this is technically kind of not live because all the music is not actually happening while I'm reading this. Because unfortunately, I'm not good enough to play and read this hilarious. I was crying. I couldn't see the <laughs> script on multiple occasions because I had tears in my eyes. So unfortunately, I'm not skilled enough to do and read that as well as play the piano. So say hello, Future Jack. Hello. Anyway, all right. Um, so Future Jack, take us out. Bye-bye. <laughs>